Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. And I'm going to get right into a word tonight. not going to preach long to you. I think I took most of the time in the offering, which I don't normally do, but like I said, some of you needed it. I tried to put sugar on that epicac. Epicac makes you throw up. Some of you need to throw up some of your old uh, belief systems. You need to get it rid of it. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. What that means is, is that God will reward a spiritual violence. And it's an act of violence to get up for morning prayer. It's an act of violence to come against mindsets and ways of thinking that might have been passed on even for generations. It's not God for you to live broke, disgusted, afflicted. You should never tolerate what Jesus came to set you free from, ever. That brings God pain, I believe, because he knows what kind of blessing he just wants to pour out on you. But if you can't line yourself up with the word of God, then he can't bless you. Now, he does things sovereignly, but his acts of sovereign love are to convince you that he's good so that you get in the word and really begin to appropriate the blessings of God yourself instead of live on the sugar teat all the time. You're like the what? That's right. Did I say that? My mother told me to say that. Amen. John chapter 6. John 6. John 6, background. John the Baptist is dead. They're so busy ministering, and they have no time to eat. Thousands of people come. They're tired and weary. This is the context of the feeding of the 5,000. I have found in my life and in scriptures that great miracles often come in the most desperate of hours. Great miracles often come in the most desperate times of our life. And I think a number of reasons for that. One, in the times of desperation, if you see it rightly, You'll position your heart to call, to call on God, to press into God, to fast, to pray. And when the miracle comes and you'll find that, you know, there's really no way for you to touch that, you can't take responsibility for that because you know full well where you were when he came and brought you to the other side. You know well, full well where you were when he fed you and you had nothing. This feeding of the 5,000 it's really 20,000 people. There's this great need. And uh, I want you to go to verse 32. Many of you know the, uh, pardon me, verse 37. Many of you know this text of Scripture, and there's so much to be preached from it. He organizes them. I'll just go over a little bit, verse 10, but I'm going to go to verse 37 here in a second. So much grass on that place. That's not dope. That's like grass to sit on. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have to say that occasionally here in Alaska. So the men sat down in the number of 5,000, and Jesus took the loaves. Now, now a, a, a boy has a, a, a lunch, a sack lunch. I mean, it's impossible to feed 5,000 people. 
with the arm of your flesh it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. Anyway, he, he, Jesus took the loaves. When he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. And the disciples to those sitting down. Understand how that happened. So Jesus didn't run to everybody and fed them. He distributed the blessed bread and the fish to the disciples. Then they took the bread and the fish and gave it to those sitting down. And likewise, of the fish as much as they wanted. So they were filled. If that's Jesus, would you tell him, I'll talk to him just here in a little bit. I'm sorry, that was like a manipulative way to say, turn off your phones when you're in church. Would you forgive me? So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. But I better check my phone. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> I think I'm irritated, Mr. Mr. Text. I love you, man. Awesome. My phone's now off. <laughs> uh, what verse was I on? Oh, yeah. Verse 15. Therefore they gathered them up and they filled 12 baskets with the fragments and with the barley loaves which had been left over by those who had eaten. Now I, I've heard this preached a bunch of different ways but by the fact that it emphasizes 12 and this, there's many different versions of the feeding the 5,000, feeding the 4,000. In this, it's 12 baskets. I believe that the Lord Jesus gave every, every disciple a basket. I think he blessed them. Each disciple got a basket of food. That's what I think happened. Well, I can't prove that. There's no way to prove it. I guess we'll know when we get to heaven. But, but for the sake of the, of the message tonight, let's say that they got these 12, each of them got a basket of supernatural food. Okay? Verse 14. Then those men who had seen the sign that Jesus had did said, this is truly a prophet who's come into the world. Therefore, Jesus perceived they were about to come and take him by force. He departed again to the mountain himself alone. When evening had come, his disciples had gone down to the sea, got into the boat, were headed toward Capernaum. It was already dark. Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose, and a great wind was blowing. So they rowed about three or four miles and they saw Jesus walking on the sea. Let me just stop. When the enemy can't stop you, he will delay you. When the enemy can't beat you, he will try to slow you down and delay you. And delay is quite a thing. And I'll just tell you, we have been experiencing some delay. The enemy is lost. With regards to our building, all of that. It's all, I want to I put you at rest or confirm to you, for those of you who know, that building will be done, everything's good, but we're in the midst of like this delay. And we've had numerous delay, even like a spirit of delay that's hit us. A combination of different things has tried to slow us up from moving forward. 
But I'm not nervous. I don't want you to be nervous. I want you to know that that building's already done. It's already completed with shouts of grace, grace. We'll move into it. It will be done according to the time and plan of God. But if the enemy can slow you down and delay you, he cannot stop the church. He can't stop the church. The gates of hell will not prevail. I will build my church. Now, of course, the church is people. The ecclesia. And the gates of hell will not prevail. But he loves to try to slow down and delay. Verse 37, go there with me, please. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, by no means I will cast him out. For I've come down, verse 38, from heaven... Not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Verse 39. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me should lose nothing, but should rise on the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So God feeds him this supernatural food, And he declares, basically, that he's the bread of heaven. He declares that he's the one. He sends the disciples to go in the boat, and he goes up on a mountain to pray. He sends them over to Bethsaida. That's where they're going to go. And and so Bethsaida means the house of fish. So here they are, the 12 disciples. They got the miraculous loaves, and everybody get a miraculous basket. And they're going over to have a fish fry, a party at Bethesda. But Jesus goes to pray. Now, I want to tell you that one of the reasons they were delayed at getting to the other side is they should have been in prayer with the Lord. And if you just come here week after week to feed on the wonderful hot bread that's being served up in this place, but don't learn to cultivate your own bread at home, then you will end up delayed. You will end up rowing because no matter how strapping and in shape you are, no matter how much you work out and eat right, you still can't get to the other side of a supernatural call of God. You will not be able to fulfill what God called you to do through, through manipulation, Jacob, through the arm of the flesh. You'll be delayed. But what Jesus did by spending time with the Father is actually run past them on the way. Now, I'm giving, taking a little bit of liberty. God is going to quicken our pace when people begin to spend time even with him at home. Instead of have a, you know, I got touched by the Lord in church Sunday, can't wait till next Sunday. That kind of mentality needs to go. Every day is a day of salvation. Every day... You know, praise God, you can worship up in an altar and lift your hands and, uh, and I'll, I'll roll around with all the best of them. But I hope you're doing that at home. Amen. I hope you're doing that when, when nobody's looking. Amen. We used to have a banner ministry. And while there were many sincere, well-meaning banner waivers, and given the size of our building. We put off the banner ministry 
Because sometimes and frequently I've found, this is my experience, that those who are frequently, I've found those waving banners don't actually, aren't actually worshiping. Of course, there are those that are, so please don't get mad at me. But the mixture of it, look at me with my banner, gets me sick. Okay, so well, that's not me. Okay, well, I'm glad it's not. But I've found that, that that mixture of flesh and showmanship in worship is one of the, I can't stand it. I just, don't raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. When it's done right under an anointing, it's one of the most beautiful things there is. And when we have room, we'll probably reopen that and visit that one more time. But performance-orientated worship, I hate. That's not what that is. Making up a song on the fly. You can feel the sweet presence of the Lord. If when you're getting touched by the Lord, I pray you get touched here tonight. I, I pray you've been getting ministered to. But all of the ministering and all of the touches and all of the teaching, listen closely, is to work in you a discipleship and equipping so that when you go home, Monday morning you wake up and maybe a phone call comes or you're facing an obstacle you don't know how you get through, you can be like, you just remember Brother Toby? You lift your hands and you sing a new song to the Lord and do a little two-step across your living room. You make your kitchen a cathedral. You cannot survive on the baskets, the 12 baskets of supernatural bread that's served here on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, and Wednesday alone and expect to get to the other side of the miracle breakthrough in your life. It will not happen. That, that's, we're in a different hour. Maybe that worked in last season. It doesn't work in this season because God wants you to not feed on the miracles. He wants you to feed on him. Amen. And the only way that happens is out of intimacy with the Lord. Worship team, would you come? Jesus, they should have asked themselves when Jesus went up to the mountain to pray. I think they should have asked themselves, uh, we're going to have a fish fry. He's going to pray. Maybe we should fry fish later. Get so caught up in the miracle bread. You know, God doesn't, there's a, there's a bit of spiritual ambiguity God doesn't always tell you the challenge that's ahead. I remember when he called us here. Had we known that we were going to have to do a 40-day water fast, had we known that some of the pain that we'd had to walk through in the earlier years, and it wasn't like we got strapped to a stake and somebody set us on fire. They might have wanted to, but that didn't happen, though. But, you know, he, he hides things so that you'll just trust in him. So when you get to the wind and the storms, listen, they, they were going to go and, and set the, the demoniac of Gadara free when they got to the other side. And all depends what version of this you read. But God wants to bring you to the other side. The only way you get to the other side is by abiding in him. Day in, day out. 
there really are no part-time worshipers. Earthly bread will not give you the strength you need to get through delay. Only feeding on the bread that comes down from heaven and abiding with him will. Because the truth be told, there is a horrible storm out there. But you can run and walk on the water with Jesus if you'll abide in the Father or with the Father in prayer. And not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody wants to fast. Not everybody wants to pray. We want to have a fish fry. I want to have a fish fry too. I want to have one right now. Power is not in the loaf or the miracle. The power is the one who made it. Praise God for anointed services. Listen to me. Listen, I, I'm, I'm almost done. Praise God for anointed services. Praise God for anointed podcasts. Praise God for anointed books. Praise God for, for the, the presence of God and the power of God coming through anointed teaching and preaching and prophecy. Pray that we have more resources at our fingertips than any generation has ever had in the history of mankind. I can go on right now and hear... I can hear preachers of a bygone era. I can listen to preaching from the Hebrides from so many decades ago, the great revival. You can hear that. Campbell. You can go and hear some of his preaching. Want to hear what the preaching was like at the Hebrides revival? You can go and find it. You can, you can listen to, to incredible teaching and preaching from 10, 15, 20 years ago, five years ago, you can listen to some of the greatest, most anointed men and women of God. And yet if you feed on that and don't learn to get your own, don't get learn to get your own bread, don't learn to get your own meat, don't learn to abide, don't let it get in you, you can just be an intellectual, a, a Christian, somebody who just listens to messages all the time, but it never really changes you. So you stay broke, you stay busted, you stay, you, you could turn off the preacher when he starts talking about money. Yeah, you, you thought I wasn't gonna go back there, but I am because you, you, you got a spirit and it needs to be broken. You can listen to all that and if you keep it, the, the meat of the word, the meat of the word. Come on, the apostle Paul just spoke to the Corinthians and said, man, uh, solid food is for the mature. Man, you, you should be eating meat by now, but you're still drinking milk. The meat of the word is that which goes into you, challenges you, and a mature believer will grab hold of that thing and say, oh, we're changing this boat. We're going to apply this to the rudder, and I'm not going to yield to that thing anymore. I'm going to learn to walk and abide. I'm not, come on, I'm going to go deep in God. That's the meat of the word. But if you insulate yourself from the wounds of the word, the word is a double-edged sword, sharper than any two-edged sword. And when it comes in, it cuts. Even the dividing of joint, bone and marrow. It comes and brings a cutting, a loving, divine cut to reveal in you where you have something that's out of accord, out of joint. And the, and the mature believer, which could be six months in the Lord, it has nothing to do with how long you've been saved. There are people have been saved for 20 and 30 years. They'll be like, oh, I've been in the way for 30 years. That's exactly right, the way. You're in the way. Get out of the way. The way is what they used to call the first church because Jesus said, I am the, the way, the truth, the life. I'm challenging you. And I'm calling you to break delay. How? I mean, it's really like a Sunday morning message. Simple. You break delay, but not just carrying your basket of blessings. You break delay by abiding in the blesser. 
When you do that, when you, when you abide in Him, when you remain in Him, when you, when you seek Him, when you have a lifestyle of prayer, a lifestyle of worship, and thank God you can sing and maybe dance up at an altar and, and, and get prayed for. We'll do that. I'll do that with you. It's going to be amazing. But when you go home, you ought to be doing at least that. Truth is, in our house, if I really lose myself in worship, man, I'm going to be up on the floor eventually. What do you mean? I mean undone, wrecked. I got in my car this morning to come to church. I got in and my wife left it on the, on the, on the uh, classical music station. We love classical music. But I don't recall when it's been left on there recently. She told me when she got out in the afternoon, I think I'm going to leave this on. And she turned it up just a little bit. And when I got in my truck, the whole family had gone already. I spent more time in my home office praying and seeking the Lord and finishing up some of my notes. When I got in my truck, it was like the wind of the Spirit just hit me. And this incredible music, worship, really, classical, from 1903 is playing. I got in my truck and I couldn't drive away because it was cold this morning. And my diesel takes easy 20, 20 to 30 minutes to warm up. So I can't, I can't even get the fog off of my, I'm trying to wipe the window. Nothing's working. I'm like, whatever. I guess I'm going to be late. Praise God for Brother Toby and an awesome team. Hallelujah. I'll just rest. And God's presence was just on me. I sat there. Oh. And then this guy begins to sing, which is an answer to a prayer that I was praying just before I got on the truck. And, and it's the words of Jesus. It's not for you to know the times and seasons. He sings in this operatic voice. But you'll be endued with power from on high. God wants to endue us with power. You see, when you're so filled with the Spirit, you don't really look at your watch. When you're so touched and overwhelmed by God, you don't worry about what season you're in. You're in a God season. God, God's outside of time. When you spend time with Him, there's really no delay when you're really abiding in Him because He's going to carry you over to the other side. And you know, you might be facing the demoniac or the demons of Gadara. You, you might be facing that, but God is more than able to help you. You need to learn to abide. Please, I challenge you, go deeper in God. Don't just look to get served some pablum from this great house, from this great well. Learn to feed yourself. And respond. Don't be a hearer of the word only. Be a doer. I couldn't wait to find out who was singing that piece of music. And it's like, it's this mega long name. You know, everybody listening to classical music, it just goes on and on. I couldn't record it. All the only part I heard was, that was the apostles by blah, 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 blah. Because as soon as I heard apostles, like, oh, God. Don't worry about delay. You know how you get rid of delay? You just crawl up into the arms of your loving Heavenly Father, and He will take care of it. You get some of this so simple message. Come on, stand up on your feet all across this place. Come on, don't look for the next fish fry. Go up on the mountain. If you go up on the mountain, you'll run right past those that are looking for a fish fry. Walk on the water. Do you have some fish fry music? I will give my upon your love it is a firm foundation
missing something and it's an obstacle, you're feeling delayed, quickly come to the front. Quickly come. I want all of my leaders to come to the front. You're a leader in this house. I want you to respond. You know who you are. We're going to push through this delay. We've had some things change, but we're going to see some more change this week. Lift your voice and sing it. says, my daughter, I, I brought you here to even to hear these very words today and to be encouraged. For even as you return home, you're going to find something new resting upon you. Even as you go back, that it's not only hope that I've given you when you see your son and what the Spirit of God is doing in him, but that hope and that strength that's being imparted to you even now is to go and to conquer all the other Goliaths that are in your life. For there are many giants that are standing before you, but the Lord says you're well able to conquer and take the land because I'm with you. I'm putting some new tools in your hand, and I'm going to equip you and help you, says the Lord. You will see Goliath fall, and you will see the promise fulfilled, and you will see the naysayers and the Eliabs of your life even humbled before you as you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and I'm going to cause the Jordan to part. I'm going to cause this insane obstacle in front of you to be broken and when it happens you will know that I'm the one who's done it because you've remained, you've abided, you've gone up to the mountain. You're so grateful. You're so grateful today. All that you've seen is to release faith, to go take your promised land, says the Lord. Come on. You receive that? Good work. Your firm The Lord sees your faithfulness. He sees your loyalty. He, where's your husband? Is he here? Okay. All right. Well, if you're online, it's for y'all. He sees your love for him. He sees your faithfulness. You are faithful. God can do anything with somebody who's faithful. In my case, learn to be faithful by the grace of God and those modeling it before me. And, you know, you could be brain dead and God will give you brains. That's how I feel it is for me. Just kept showing up. You know how to show up. You know how to be faithful. You know how to work hard. The Lord says, daughter, I'm going to give you a new gear. I'm going to give you joy like a river. 
I'm going to put joy in you, and you are not going to be able to find yourself laughing in the midst of some of these obstacles. I've called you, my hands upon you. The enemies come with even a spirit of heaviness at times to, to just push you down and get you discouraged and get you disheartened and even wondering about the very time frames of the Lord. You will be endued with power. The answer to all the problems and all the questions that you have is to be endued with power, and the joy of the Lord is your strength. So God, I thank you that every assignment of heaviness that would try to come upon her would be broken. Minister David, uh, 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 Sister David. Siobhan, thank you, Pastor Karen, you're awesome. Siobhan, come and lay hands on her. There is like a generational heaviness that wants to try to come upon you. Maybe you're aware of it, maybe you aren't, but I know I'm hearing from the Lord. I command that thing in the name of Jesus. Put your hand on her heart. I command that thing in the name of Jesus. You'll no longer torment her. I command you. Go. Right now. thus far, which is so amazing. But it's like the stages of a rocket, son. It's like the stages of, uh, in, in a rocket that would take off like an Apollo 19 type of thing. It takes off. It needs one stage of the rocket to push it a certain level in the atmosphere, and then that part falls off. And I've brought many things, broken many things off of you. You're in now another stage. You can't let up. You can't back up. You can't rest. I mean, you rest in God, but you must aggressively renew your mind and give yourself to this, this discipleship, to this Jesus thing. Because the Lord shows me that there's ministry for you. I see creativity swirling. I see ministry for you. Amen. There's ministry for you. Jesus like, how could that be? Because of what I've gone through. Because of some of the things that I even still struggle with. The Lord says, I step over seemingly qualified people and I will pick those who are willing and broken and you are willing and broken. Be very careful in the next six months who you connect with and associate with. I'm reminded even of others in past seasons who've come through a mighty deliverance as I've done for you. And they got sidetracked. They began to try to help people, but their own, their own, um, their own brokenness wasn't quite yet to the place of fulfillment, of finished. It wasn't quite finished, perfected yet. If you pull a, if you pull a, a cake out of an oven too early, it falls. And the Lord says, you were in the furnace. You got to take the next step, son. You got to take the next steps in discipleship. Because if you don't, that enemy, that devil, he's right behind you, wants to devour you. You trying to scare me? Absolutely. Yes, I am. You can't ever stop seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness because if you do that, then all these things will be added. I Listen, here, look at me for a second. Today, I, took a, I found a lighter, right? Did you hear this story? Okay. Well, I went out to look at it. Actually, I didn't, I missed. 
I thought maybe I did. I was pretty sure, you know, maybe, maybe I missed. I, I don't know. Let's go make sure this thing shot. So I went and grabbed a 12 gauge, not a 22. This is after church. And I went to load it, and the gun was like the gun jammed for a second. Then I got it loaded. It's one of the 15 shotguns I have in my house, nearly in every single corner of the room. I'm an Alaskan. So I took my 12 gauge and I went out, I, got, I looked at it, sure enough, that stupid lighter is still in there. And it was like, it was almost mocking me, like, oh yeah? You think so? Pieces everywhere. Why would I do that? Because I ain't ever going back. That's how you need to be. Lift your hands. If some of these things tried to creep back on you. I speak life. I command the assignment of the enemy to be broken. I curse the work and operation of confusion. And I command you in the name of Jesus, be thou loose. In Jesus' name. Come on. right there when I was praying for my brother I saw the word of the Lord over you so glad you're here tonight it's okay if I prophesy over you would you just lift your hands right where you are and you, you judge this you weigh this the Lord has made you very tender and sensitive to his spirit you too are one who sees from their earliest memories you could feel other people's pain and actually discern, be able to tell what people were going through. You were easily moved by the Spirit of God. The enemy in a past season, I see some things took place when you're like 16, 15, 16 years old. The enemy struck you in an attempt to, to basically destroy your life spiritually and brought some deep wounds. And the Lord rescued you. Now I see there's this release of a fresh wind of the Spirit of God on your life. The Lord says, don't worry about the last season. There's loss. There, there's been pain. There's been things that just, you just, I mean, most people wouldn't be in church right now. You've been wounded by leaders, wounded by friends. You've been wounded even in your own home. You've been wounded by pastors. The Lord has brought you to this place to bind up all of your wounds, to pour in the oil and the wine. The oil is a, a picture of the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
And the wine is the same picture, picture of the word, picture of the power of God. The wine is a picture of the, the best that God has. So I see the whole thing turning in a healing of your heart. Just lift your hands. Amen. going to raise you up, another Deborah in the house, if you'll, if you'll allow it. If you're visiting, then you're going to be a Deborah somewhere else. It's, there's a prophetic mantle, an intercessory gift, a gift to the seer that will flow through you. I see you dancing. I see you with a paintbrush in your hand and artistic creativity being released. I see music. I see you dancing like ballet, and I see you worshiping before the Lord with all your heart. I see you writing poetry. I mean, you have so much creativity in you, and the Lord's going to use that. The church in these modern days has rejected some of these things, but not here. You write. You, you write the story. You write the poetry. And I see God using your... Your words to bring healing to those who've even been through what you've been through. So I prophesy and declare to you that from this night, your, everything changes. It shifts. And you'll be visited by my spirit, says the Lord, in marked times. I'm going to come upon you in your sleep and when you're awake. You're going to have dreams. Don't be afraid of that. I'm going to give you the peace to discern what's happening. And I'm going to give you visions. Visions are when you're, when you're awake and you see stuff. You've already had that happen. It's going to increase. Holy Spirit, let your fire come. Just worship Jesus. Just worship the Lord. Come on, just lift your voice and worship Him all across this place. By the way, Mom, I forgot to tell you that my our Chris been waking up and having prayer time and aggressively going after Jesus. That's my brother. Someone say hallelujah. <laughs> Sorry, I was busy and I forgot to tell you. It's your answer to your prayer. Lift your hands all across this place. Father, thank you. Let your Holy Spirit come upon every man, every woman, every child, those online. Let your power now come. And that we, Lord, would be equipped through even this meeting as we close to be those who abide and remain. Not feasting on the supernatural bread of miracles, but learning to feast on you, abide in you, to remain on the mountain. That we would be lost in your presence and in your power. And that you would lead us, guide us, and direct us. Thank you that you're bringing us to the other side supernaturally. When you got in the boat, immediately was you the other side. It was like a supernatural hydrofoil. The Lord is going to supernaturally bring us as a people to the other side. You will see it happen. When it happens, you remember how it's all taken place. You've gone after God. You've prayed. You've done your part. Delay. He can't stop us. So he tries to slow us down. The enemy does. He tries just trying to slow us down. But, but we won already. I said we won already. Put your best hand clap together for God.
So I speak to a spirit of delay, and I command that thing to be broken, and I pray now, release your power over every person here, over the church here in Alaska, in Antioch, God, in Bristol Bay, in Eagle River. I release a supernatural building power of the Holy Ghost. I release your quickening. I release the word of the Lord that we are going to the other side because we will abide in Jesus' name. Can you shout and clap and say hallelujah? Hey, can you do a little bit better? Come on. Hey, yeah, yeah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're not right with God. You want to get right with the Lord. You push me up a little bit. I'm starting to strain my voice. Thank you. In the monitor, maybe. Thank you. You want to get right with Jesus for the first time? Or maybe you've drifted, you've given your heart to him before, but you know you drifted, you want to come home. Or perhaps you're just not sure if you're saved. Give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Recommit your life to the Lord. Or number three, you just want to be sure. And if we could have nobody moving around for just a moment, it won't be long. Don't want to distract anybody. You say, that's me, Pastor. If that's you, you want to be included in this prayer, would you lift your hand all across this place, those online? God bless you, son. It's going to be all right. Lift your hand. You want to get right with God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me, to rise again from the grave for me. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you, and then we'll close. Holy Spirit, I pray you fill, touch each and every one. If you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit right now, go ahead and do it. If you've never been filled with the Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues, let the Lord fill you right now. Be filled. Be filled. Break every chain. Break every bondage. Holy Spirit, come. God, we thank you. Amen. And before I close, praying over you the ironic blessing of Numbers chapter 6, which I talked about. Let me just say for all of you who are irritated about the money. Oh, yeah, I'm coming back to it. You have a bondage. If you're hearing, listen, this goes for every area. When you're hearing the word, if it ticks you off and you want the preacher to shut up, It's not the word that has the problem. It's you. So what do you do about that? You confront that. Study it out. Come to know what the truth is. And for the love of God, change. Change. Unless you want to stay bound. You pray for Jesus to come and set you free, but he already did. You have to apply it. You have to renew your mind. So that goes for anything. Start talking about healing and you want the guy to shut up? That's because you have a bondage about that. Okay, well, there are some exceptions. I'm going to go there. I went to this tent thing, the tabernacle of, of, you know, remember I told you about the tabernacle deal? It's a life-size uh 
life-size model of the tabernacle in the wilderness. We went there because I was told it was great. And I went, and it was cool to see. There were some cool aspects about it, very neat. But as I sat there, going from one room to the next, I, it had an absence of the power and the presence of God. And, then when I, and that's fine. That's okay. It's all right. I'm like, as long as you preach the gospel, because it was Christians who were doing it. But then the lady, God bless her heart, started talking about all the pain and the trial that you have to go through in life so that you can be redeemed. And I thought, did you just say that? Did you just say that? I'm thinking, let me give her a chance. Because sometimes we say things as preachers that maybe you could have said it a little different. So when she repeated herself, we go through the pains in this life, trials in this life, so that we can be redeemed. I said, excuse me. Hi. Yeah, that's actually not true. So there's a whole group of people there with us. I'm now making a scene. Why is that? Because you're lying. And now... Now, I don't, she's not, she wasn't an evil lady, but she had, I said, so now are you telling me what you're saying is that you go through pain and trial so that redeems you then? Yes. I said, no. I said, you're redeemed by the blood of Jesus. It doesn't, not, there's nothing that you can do in this world to redeem you. It's only the blood of Jesus. It's he's the one that makes you a new creation. He's the one that washes and cleanses you. Not you going through the trial. And we kind of went back and forth a little bit. You know why I did that? Because it wasn't just talking to me and my family. My wife knows. I know. Daniel knows. We knew. This is error. How about all the people behind me that are listening to that nonsense? So there are things that need to be confronted theologically. And when that happens, you know, that's true. But when you're hearing spiritual truth and it irritates you, you're the one with the problem. I'm done. Father, thank you. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. Jesus' name, amen. We love you. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.